Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast. Presented by Rolly White RV. Yo, everybody. Welcome. We're back playing the game podcast with, uh, you know, my homie right here. What's happening, everybody? Mr. Cody Ransom. And today we got a special guest. And uh, I was just with him in Canada. Canada. Alberta, Canada. Um, He's a good friend of mine. His name is Taylor Lowen. Welcome, Taylor. Thanks for having me, guys. Really looking forward to this. Cool. <laughs> you have no idea what you're yeah, you. Yeah, you don't know what you're looking forward to, <laughs> bud. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a glutton for punishment. I love it. So Taylor has been running Red Willow Outfitters. It's a company that your dad started from the ground up, right? Yeah, he started it back in the. Uh, mid to early 90s type thing and uh he's uh moved on to other ventures now and i've kind of taken it over and uh yeah we've been going strong for well over 25 years and counting what is uh what is your like niche niche that you have there what is something that you guys Um, are really good at i mean we are phenomenal bear and moose outfitters um the uh the desire for everyone in everyone to shoot a moose right now is through the roof and uh in alberta here we have a fantastic healthy moose population with a wide size range of bulls at uh more affordable price price than uh taking off up north to alaska and yukon and stuff you know uh and bears uh, in Alberta here, we run a two-bear limit on our all of our bear tags. So you book a hunt for X amount, and you get a uh, two-bear tags to go. And, uh, I mean, we do fantastic on those hunts. We've been running those for, you know, another 25, 30 years. And, yeah, we sell out pretty much yearly. So what kind of – if someone wants to book a, a – uh moose hunt or bear hunt what should their expectation be for that animal what kind of quality of animal Um, are you guys harvesting so for our moose we are looking at nice representatives of species um typically you know we're killing between a 35 and 40 inch bull moose of course we kill down to 24 inch moose and we kill up to 50 inches and and beyond from there um but it's far from a guarantee, and it's definitely uh, as exciting as a gift. What? Um, so I guess maybe we should describe. There's different moose species. Um, 
Explain to us the different ones and what ones you guys have. Okay. So here in Alberta, we're running what we call the Western Canadian Moose. Um, not much different body-wise uh, or antler-wise between all of them. Um, there's just, uh, in Alberta here, we have a lot of dense forests, so our moose tend to make a little more of a bowl instead of laying flat like a Yukon. Um, so if you uh, if you were to put our moose up in the Yukon, they would definitely look smaller, but that's because of the bold antlers. They don't get to grow wide. And then bigger antler and a little bigger body than the Shire. Okay. What, um, is there one species that tastes better than the other? I mean, I might be biased in saying the Alberta, but I, that's just me. Cause they pretty <laughs> I much definitely e- think our moose. Uh... Go ahead, Brock. Oh, they're eating grains all day. They're, they're eating your like oats yeah, and yeah. canola and they're like, you know, corn fed up there, bud. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just because uh, we have such a good mix of uh, bush and agriculture, they definitely get a wide array of food, which allows them to uh, definitely, definitely taste better, in my biased opinion. Um, What, well, explain to the listeners, like, what kind of hunting experience it is, like, it's very unique because of all the ag fields you guys have, but it's it's definitely different than like a typical yeah hunt. Yeah, so oftentimes, uh, you know, at first light, there's uh, the most loosely feeding in the uh, fields at first light. So depending on the time of year you book this hunt, we will spend a little bit of time, maybe in the pickup, just checking some ag fields, trying to find a uh, a dumb one as I like to call them, standing in the middle of a field where there's not a lot of cover. And then, uh, and then typically we dive into the bush and beat her from there. What, um, so when do you like to hunt moose the most? When's the prime, prime time? So our, our prime season is what we call the rut, which is the last week of September and the first two weeks of October. We've had good luck. Uh, that's kind of the, you know the prime calling, so we get a lot of a lot of time just cruising down cruising down cut lines, walking down cut lines, calling, 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 and finding that dumb one ready to just come charging in, ready to die. And uh, we take full advantage of that. You, look, I, you know, <laughs> well, explain like how how does that happen? Like, is it like elk? Is it like deer? Like deer grunt elk? bugle like what is it like so the cows do a long nasally moan and i'm just to save everybody's ears and time i'm i'm gonna not call one over the uh over the podcast here just because (laughs) it might sound ridiculous well thanks for not doing that no problem and then the bulls just respond to a grunt uh much much more different than a deer grunt or uh, like a bull elk chuckle or anything like that definitely different um but yeah they, they'll just come grunting in stupid sometimes you know i've we've had guys shoot them at five yards or less kind of thing so that's pretty crazy man it's a little intense for the moose yeah yeah 
Um, I'm kind of picturing his description of this like a Sasquatch. Oh, dude. Finding Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, complete, it's a complete joke. Oh, yeah. Talking to the non-hunters out there. Yeah. They've watched Finding Bigfoot. <laughs> I've watched it. I'm just wondering if they really found it. No, they didn't find it yet. They're... They're just right on the trail, though. They're they're right on Sasquatch's heels. They're gonna get him. Always, he's just elusive. <laughs> like it's always the next commercial could be the one. Yeah, keeps reeling him in. Yeah. Well, I'm just so waiting you, for you, a Jack Link commercial in the middle of those. <laughs> yeah, pops out with some beef jerky, eating it. Look what's on the table right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I stopped by the gas station and there's a uh, Jack Link's beef jerky thing on my. On the table next to me right now. Yeah, it's not a plug either. It's not yeah. a plug, Jack Links. It doesn't taste very good. Hey, you know, <laughs> we really would definitely love to have them as a sponsor, though, if they want to. Yeah, it tasted us. great. Jack Links tasted it, great. Depending on the sponsorship, depends on how good it tastes. That's right. Maybe I got the wrong flavor for my palate. Yeah, your palate maybe my, is a my palate wanted sweeter, too spicy, sp- spicy. Yeah. Spicy. So, so you guys are. Uh, Archery and and rifle hunts up there, or are there? What are the times? Yep, yep. We we run it all. Um, my archery season opens August twenty fifth, which uh, some people say is earlier than most of the southern states and stuff. So we get going right off the hop, and then uh, my r- rifle season opens September twenty fourth, and goes right through till the end of November. Nice. Well, maybe um, let's talk about your bear, man. Like I've, so I've always wanted to kill a nice big bear. Have not done it yet. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cody? Is that in your your cards? You want to do that? Yeah, I think I would like to do that. I think like shooting it's with not a bow my, too. Well, yeah, but that's not like yes. I'm. You know how I am about elk and deer, though. Yeah, I same way. But I would definitely like to do it. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I looked at these pictures that Taylor has. And yeah, I was just looking through your Instagram page while we were sitting here talking. There's some some big boys on there. Dude, like some bears that, yeah. some black bears that could be mistaken for a grizzly bear. They're so giant, man. Oh, yeah. The, the bear population up here, there is no shortage. Um, there's some... Uh, there's some interesting laws for residents up here what that up? just goes to show that our population is way too high. Why? What are the laws? Like you can shoot one every day. So, on uh, for an Alberta resident to be hunting black bears, if they're on private land, they can kill as many black bears as they see fit. Wow! Jeez. So they they'll turn you loose. I actually had a had a farmer this year i was talking to him about permission to hunt and he goes if you killed 20 bears a day i might be happy with you holy crap well well, explain to people why like maybe we should come help you out well the farmers why the farmers don't like them like it's not just they hate black bears but what do they do that and they they'll destroy crops probably worse than elk and deer ever could if you've got a you know if you've got a maturing oat field um, those bears, they'll go lay down right in the middle of it and just start rolling and rolling and rolling. And they'll roll down acres of crop, of crop Jeez. That, that is basically unharvestable at that point. They'll, 
They roll in it, they eat it, they crap it all out, basically perfectly recycled like it's never been eaten, and then they'll eat it again. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. They're like the teenagers you never wanted. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, like, you think of from the, the guy's perspective up in Alberta, I mean, the growing season's so limited, and then on top of it, you, you get one cut, right? You get one chance of those oats. And then you have a bear come destroy acres of your crop, and these farmers are relying on that income to get them through the winter. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, and and they're relying on those oats for uh, for feed for cattle and feed for uh, everything else that they run. You know, lots of guys are doing pigs and sheep in the area and stuff too. And you know, if they're losing acres upon acres, then it's doing nothing but costing them money long term. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, man. So, what can mm-hmm. what's a bear hunt look like for you? Like, are we chasing them with dogs? Do we glass spot and stock? So, so our spring hunts, we typically just try and do baited hunts. Um, baited hunts are absolutely phenomenal. You'll see anywhere from five to a dozen bears in a in an evening sit. Um, we like to run two sits a day kind of thing. We do a, a late morning, early afternoon, come back for a lunch and then head out for the evening hunt and hunt right till dark. And, uh, it's just the bear population is incredibly healthy in this area. Um, color phase, we run about a 40% color phase area that, uh, guys are more than happy with. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to think that we average everybody. We try and get everybody to kill one Pope and young bear. And oftentimes guys will kill two Pope and young bears in a week. Whoa. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. so those hunts yeah. are going on right now too, bear? Not baited though, right? Um, that, That's my spring baited. My spot okay. stock bear hunts are going on right now. Um, typically the, these hunts, we're hunting the oak fields and stuff. What I tell everybody is it's a 100% success rate. One bear is, is more than attainable um, as long as everything goes according to plan. Whatever, man. I was just there. I didn't kill one. What the heck, dude? <laughs> oh, Do you want to talk about the bear you did see, Brock? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about, Let's talk about the bear that. You did see? Yeah, come on. Keep going. <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk about that. Well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to let you finish, then we'll tell the story. <laughs> All right. How Taylor say, almost sounds, sounds how, like I need to call somebody out on this. One. How Taylor almost killed me. Yes, continue, Taylor. <laughs> What's well, a good trip uh, if hey, not almost hey. dying? Brock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that was the fastest I had seen you move in two years. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, what do you expect, dude? <laughs> well, well, we got to get to the story. Okay, man. fine. We're gonna talk we'll about. We'll talk it. more about. So fall bear season. First later. off. My wonderful guide here tells me, hey, man, guess what? I just got a bear gun. I'm like, oh, awesome, because last time we didn't have one. And, you know, there's grizzly bears in this country. Mm-hmm. Like, and if I'm right, Taylor, like, you're seeing them more and more than you ever have. Yes. Uh, you know, I spent the first uh, 18 to 20 years of my life without ever seeing one. And then I would say in the last five years, I've seen over 20. Jeez. So we were yeah. do, doing what Taylor said is driving all these oat fields and we're hiking to the back, 
checking them out, looking for bears. We go to this one out, oh, Phil, they had a lot of bear sign in it. And it was like right at dusk. So we hiked to the back. So what is that, about 10 p.m. right now? It was like 9 o'clock, man. It okay. was crazy. All right. So we're walking the edge of the field, and during the walk, we're just seeing scat and bear sign everywhere. And so Taylor's like, oh, we're going to kill a bear right now, you know? So explain to him what we did, The Taylor. excitement was there. The excitement was there, you know? The, op- the opportunity was there. The sign was there. Everything was going right. So we start making our way to the back of the field, and we blew off a little white tail buck, and we're like, okay, this is prime. This is looking perfect. They get within uh, probably, what, 100, 150 yards of the back edge of the field, and we stop, and I go, all right, I'm just going to let out a little whistle here, see if we can get a bear to stand up, and then we can make a play on it quick before dark. We stop, and we're looking around, and I let out two little whistles, nothing. Let out a third little whistle, just a little louder. And all of a sudden, that head came out of the crop. And Brock looked at me, there's a bear. And I looked, I looked at that bear and went, that looks too big. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it ducked its head right back down below the top of the crop. We picked up our binos and looked. And he started, that's when he really kind of started moving his head around, really feeding and enjoying himself. And all of a sudden, you'd see that head and it kind of turned. He wasn't looking at us, but he was feeding on the oats facing us. And uh, let's just say those ears were way too far apart. It was definitely a big grizzly bear. So so then Taylor says, we need to leave right now. (laughs) But like cautiously, like cautiously, Brock. You know, you, you never like run. What's the first thing about bear safety they tell you? You run as Don't fast as you can. Away. Run to the truck and get run, in. Run, run faster big, than the guy. No. It's always run faster than the guy next to you. Yeah. like Always. Why <laughs> did you think I left you in the dust, man? He's going to pick you up first, and I'll be in the truck. I'll go get help. <laughs> I'll video it. You wouldn't protect me with your bow? Well, you're you the guy. You're supposed you to be protecting me, gun. man. He doesn't even he didn't bring it. Uh, <laughs> You forgot to tell that part of the story. I got a new bear gun, but didn't bring it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I changed the frog. That was my, that was my first mistake. <laughs> True. He, he tells me all about this. I bought one. I bought one. He's like, well, I left it at home today. I'm like, well, that does a lot of good. It's, it's a nice one, though. I like to point out that I did leave it at home all of the days. Yeah. Yeah. He completely forgot it all day. Yes. <laughs> Like on purpose or accident? <laughs> ah, I trusted Brock. Oh. Clearly, that was my first mistake. Eh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Not your first one with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he, he absolutely crushed it the first time. So I'm like, oh, I'm safe. He'll protect me. He smoked that elk the first time. Oh, yeah. We smoked that thing. Is that the double ricochet? Mm-hmm. No, 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 this is just else. heart shot. <laughs> just just this one? 60 yards. <laughs> All right. No, oh, we can tell that story too. So I got. I can't remember your. So we're up with Dudley and Andy was up there, and I didn't realize like how it. They they just get. Uh, Taylor was like all worried too, right? Taylor, like you're like you really wanted to prove to John that you could kill an elk, right? Well, I. 
I wasn't worried, but I really wanted to prove that I was not incompetent. <laughs> some days I'm pretty Fair sure enough. John looks at me and thinks I'm incompetent. Yeah, he looks at you like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Fair enough. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's the John thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we go out and I told him like, hey, you know, he's like, What what's your expectations? Like, you know, if it's not like a three thirty bull, I won't shoot it. That's what I told him. He's like, what about like a 300 bull? I was like, I don't know. And then, then it went to like, maybe I'll just shoot a five by five. Whatever. Maybe, maybe I'll have the five by five. And then he starts calling this bull in. And what was it? Like barely legal light, like maybe five minutes legally light. Yeah. We, we, I think we had it down 12 minutes into opening day. Yeah, we were standing on top. Of him. Yeah, he is like, he calls this thing in, and he's like, trying to grab something out of my pocket. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, give me a rangefinder. Mine broke. <laughs> it fogged up. It fogged up. It was not broke. Come on. <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, what uh, are you need, grabbing at, dude? I need this to make is not. Sure I'm what here next what kind of hunt is this? <laughs> <laughs> you would have been so lucky. You would have been so lucky. So, we, he's, uh, he finally range finds it. He's like, 60 yards. And he's like, it's legal, which means it has three points, and I shot it. On I, one side. It was three. a 5 by 4 On one side. Oh, it was a 5 by 4 You don't even remember yeah. what it was. I don't remember. It was three years ago, two years ago. <laughs> So that one's not on this wall. No, it's still in Alberta. Is it in the freezer? No, I gave the meat oh. to Taylor. Taylor got the meat. Right? How it yeah. Taylor. That tasted great. There you go. Nice young it bull. It tasted great. There you go. Yeah, you're welcome, Taylor. I fed your wedding party probably, huh? <laughs> no, it was gone by the time of the wedding. That's cool. Well, yeah, and that's kind of, you know, our start, we, we uh, killed that elk and... Taylor was so excited that we killed an elk before John did. He's like texting, we're tagged out, bro. <laughs> he didn't tell him what it was. Yeah. <laughs> tagged out. Dudley didn't believe us. He's calling us like, what, what? send me a picture. I don't believe you. So you did. Oh, yeah. We, we sent him it. Uh, he was some fit to be tied. He couldn't quite figure out that we actually got, that he, Brock got the job done with Taylor. Like, 12 minutes into opening day. You two got it done? Man. Together. I guess two wrong, two negatives equal positive, huh? It's math. Yeah. I, the math makes sense to me. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and to be honest, the thing I love about Taylor's hunts is it's like, it's a really good price, and certain species, there's trophy quality. Like, the moose, you, there's trophy potential. The mule deer... I just chased a giant mule deer, like giant mule deer. <laughs> that was, that's a big deer. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's a big deer. I that this one. laugh that he's got going on yeah, tells well, me something. I lo- I missed. I, I did see the picture of it. Though. Hey, but Taylor, you can verify. Did the buck jump the string? Of, of all things, the mule deer jumping the string is very low on the on the believable list, but it happened. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't have, to be honest, I wouldn't, probably I wouldn't have so believed big. it until you showed me the video of it and we saw him do it. Yeah. 
So that's how, I, that's how I, they get I so I still big. show yeah. people that video. You're supposed to send it to me, by the way. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the video. Did it not go through? No. Wasn't that like a week ago? Yeah. I'll try and He said, I still show I'll people. I'll resend it after the podcast. He's still showing people. Still show that thing. So, um, from, yeah. a week, from a week ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fall, like, we had a tough hunt with the bears because it was warm. It seems like they're in the trees eating berries. They weren't in the oats yet. The oats weren't quite ripe enough for them to eat. It just seems like we're or probably... Or grizzly bears. And then they're, all the grizzly bears took the field. So, so, to end that, what happened? You just ran away from the grizzly bear and no nothing? Yeah, I just, I pretty much well, sprinted to the truck. Smart. And I, and since Brock is so short, I kept up with a brisk walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as tall as you, you dork. I'm probably taller than you. Well, your legs me- do not say that. Yeah. If you sprinted, I walked. Listen, I have a body of a six foot four guy and legs of a four foot five. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm like one of those weird looking dogs that have like really long bodies, little squatty legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dachshund. 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 Yeah. So, um, any, well, you're a hunter yourself. What it like, you got some fun adventures. Like what's some stuff you like to do, Taylor? Um, you know, uh, I keep booking hunts myself. I'm trying to get, go everywhere, do everything. I've got an, uh, an Alberta bighorn hunt uh, lined up for myself. And uh, I got New Zealand booked. Mm. Uh, I've been to Africa already and everything, and I'm trying to get back there desperately badly. <laughs> you want to get back to um, Africa? Because, you know, like, like, I know I wanted to hunt a certain species, but you can't import it anymore. Is it still worth going for the other species? Like, I don't know why, but, like, I, it doesn't like Cape Buffalo kind of excites me a little bit, but like how exciting of a hunt is the other stuff? Like, why would it be worth it to someone that's never been? Um, I, it's worth it just because of the experience. Like when I, the time I spent in Africa, I mean, I mean, Brock, you've hunted with me. I, I treat you good, but there they treat you like absolute king. Like, uh, you know, and they've, you don't have to, you, you just get to see the people, how they're so grateful for how little they do have. Like when I was looking at, when I was seeing the trackers, I mean, I picked them, we picked them up at their house the one day and it was five pieces of tin strapped together and they were so happy. Like, and you, you know, because it's so hard to get meat home and keep it frozen for the duration of flying all the way across the, uh, Atlantic Ocean, those the 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 trackers, the blacks there, they're so ecstatic just to eat like a shank meat that you know most guys are like, eh, I could really live without this. They're excited over the shank meat. I mean, when they rip the guts out, they dump the gut sack out all over the ground and take the entire gut sack home with them to dry it out for whatever uses. I don't know what they use there. But it's like the experience to see how they, how happy the people are and to be involved in that is just, I thought it was an absolute out-of-world experience for myself. Mm. Well, I was like, 
not interested at all, but you kind of interested me. Because I'm all <laughs> about the experience, too. It's an, it seems like it's an adventure experience. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, the, the Cape Buffalo hunt I went on, I was absolutely shaking like a leaf. I, I could not, I couldn't even stand being on the ground beside it after it was dead. Why? Because those things, this, those animals, they're geared so differently and they're so huge. Those things, their first instinct is to attack, not to, you know, run away. Their fight or flight is fight, fight, fight. And they're so massive, so thick. And like, I mean, the guides, when you're doing those hunts, they're carrying, you know, 416 Rigby, 500 Nitro Express with 500 grain bullets. And you kind of look at that bullet and you look at the animal and you go, really, this is going to kill it? I, I think you're I think you're a little light still. Really? The, this, uh, so bring know. in the old 243 over there. It's not going to cut it, huh? <laughs> well, it, it might handle your, uh, it might handle some planes game, but uh, if, if you're on the ground with the Cape Buffalo, they're, they're not putting anything small in your hands. Really? If you're looking at a 500, a 416, a 375 H&H, you know, they're, you, you can still bow hunt, and they let you bow hunt, but every PH and guide and tractor is carrying the the, the biggest gun you could imagine. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. were, were you able to see, like, some African lions? I I got to see some. Um, the, one, of the, one of the hunts I got to be a part of was a European guy, so they could still uh, import those. They can import those into Europe. And the guy's... Again, they lined him up, and he had a 375 in his hand, and there was four PHs with 375 H&H or bigger lined up, and all I had was a little video camera. <laughs> so I, I positioned myself hiding behind a tree and then, like, leaning out from behind the tree, like kind of like a, you know, like a scared little, uh, scared little midget at that point. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, you could see I had... I had auto stabilize on the camera, and I was still shaking so much that the camera couldn't keep up. Taylor, come on, man! You Ready for an escape? Armed, Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, 
instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Well, uh, that, that, that thing was over on the all four so fast you wouldn't have even imagined it. Yeah, I, I, I would, my dog, Walter, he's an English bulldog, <laughs> right? No, he does not have cat-like reflexes. I was going to say, I don't know if Walter had that fast twitch in him. The only reason why I know this is because of Walter, because he would sleep like 18 hours a day. Lions sleep like, I think, 20 hours a day, like the males. Because they let the females do all the work. It's time to eat. They just yeah. up They go up and, what did you bring me for dinner? Did you cook? I'm going to go back to bed then if you haven't done anything. Yep. Um, so. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. How was, were, it, how was it standing next that. to it? Um, standing next to it, I was far less afraid uh, in comparison to the Cape Buffalo. The Cape Buffalo but scared was, you worse. Yeah, absolutely. Just the the sheer massiveness of of the Cape Buffalo is is what got, gets me. Just and knowing that you know, I I know that man lion can manhandle me, but that Cape Buffalo, you know, you I've heard I heard nightmare stories from some of the people. Is just nope, not for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy, man. Absolutely. I definitely do recommend the trip to Africa. I 115% do. Man. Would you choose, what would you choose? Like, if what's your favorite species to hunt? In Africa or? In general. <laughs> if you had to choose one thing to go hunt, what would it be, Taylor? Oh, if I was going hunting tomorrow, I'd be going to chase an elk. I love to hear those things bugle up, you know, up river bottoms or across the field or something. You know, I, I like to, uh, I like to make sure, I like to hear them just off in that distance, that high squeal and everything just kind of gets me just a little excited. You know what I mean? Where's your favorite place to hunt out? Do you have one? <laughs> I've only hunted them in Alberta, so I'm just going to say Alberta. All right. Yeah, you might got to start. Well, you can join the rest of the crowds here and start putting in for Arizona and, you know, wait 20 years to get drawn. It's getting ridiculous here. I, I mean, if, if it takes me 20 years to get drawn in Arizona, I'll still be young enough to, to go hard. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> it's fading quick. In, tw- in 20 years. 20 years, I might not be alive. <laughs> I'm, I would, I'll be in a walker, dude. You have to like. It could also be tomorrow. Wheelchair my butt to a water hole and hopefully just let me sit there in the wheelchair. 
I'm going to be one of those guys that... I'm going to be one of those guys, like, they load me wheelchair and all in the back of a truck. <laughs> and then they just roll me. <laughs> just strap it down. They ratchet strap me mouse. down. And then they drive me to, like, a water hole, and they park me there. And then someone has to come pick me up. <laughs> That's pretty much what I had to do with you all week anyway, Brock. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. There's worse things. Yeah, there's worse things, right. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd take it. If that was the end of the road, I'd take it. Yeah. Well... Maybe I can get attacked there. <laughs> if you're that bad, just come jump in the truck. Yeah, just get it, man. Please. Please do it. Yeah. Um, what is... Uh, I don't even know. I was, I lost my train of thought here. What? Yeah, what I, I know. What thinking about? I don't know. I started thinking about a wheelchair in the back of a truck. Don't do that. Not yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Dementia kicking in, Brock. Yeah, dude. He's having flashbacks of that grizzly running after him. Yeah, grizzly running. I dreamt about <laughs> it. All I have to do is outrun you, and I did that pretty well. So. I wasn't even running, though, Brock. I wasn't. I'll trip you, man. <laughs> Whose fault was that? Yeah, not my <laughs> fault, dude. Not my fault you were walking. Your first winner to the grizzly. First one up, bud. Brock, yeah. Brock you got to remember, I'm 25. I'll outrun you. You're 25. <laughs> you yeah. were just talking. I first yeah. you you were talking about with me how when you turn 30 is either World War II or mowing a lawn. Yeah, and I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> you, you I'm think, not 30 what? yet, so I don't yeah. get to get mowing the lawn or, Can you or expl- World War II. Explain this to Cody because he's confused. <laughs> I read this interesting fact on the Facebook. So it's true. Says, uh, the Facebook. So it's the fa- true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Facebook. It says uh, when men turn thirty, they have two choices in life: they either become a huge fan of World War II, or they become absolutely obsessed with mowing their lawn. This is at thirty. Is this Canadian at men, 30. or is this all men? This isn't it. Who wrote this? This is supposed to be all men. Who wrote this thing on the Facebook? I think it's probably your uncle wrote it. No, no, it wasn't, wasn't my uncle. It was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was some Facebook I chose, thing. You know, it, you it, know, everything's real on Facebook. There's nothing fake. Nothing fake on Facebook. So, there's always young singles in my area just dying to meet me. <laughs> You're such a dork, dude. <laughs> that took a second, but we got it. So, hey... If somebody is wanting to link up with you, like maybe inquire about a future hunt with you, what, um, how can they do that? Well, I definitely recommend reaching out on social media. We're on both Facebook and Instagram at Red Willow Outfitters. Um, you know, that's where we do all of our Alberta stuff. Um, you can uh, send us a DM from there or uh, you can even follow the link to our website. Um, we're actually in desperate need of website help, so if anybody's a good web designer, definitely send us an email so we can uh, update the website some. Um, and then if you're interested in anything international, um, I've also started my an offshoot from Red Willow Outfitters called Tailored Hunt. That's also on social media as well as has a website that is brand new and set up so I can... Uh, actually understand how it works 
So you guys can you guys can definitely reach out to me on those. Okay. Yeah, tailored See hunts. hunts. Got and it. that's if you want to do some yeah. international hunting. Like, may, give some examples of why they would go to tailored hunts. Followed. Um, if you're if you're looking to book in Af- South Africa or uh, Zimbabwe, I've got uh, South African hunts and leopard hunts in Zimbabwe. You have leopard I've hunts. I've got uh, New Zealand hunts. I do. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm. I'm they just had a cancellation July 16th. Mm. That's when you posted it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, that was that was when I heard about it, and I made that post right away on that. Muskox. Um, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got uh, none of it muskox, and uh, be the central barren ground caribou available there. Um, that caribou you have on that page is unreal. That's a giant caribou, man. I, I, I'm not actually looking at it, but I oh, believe that so, might be one of the uh, possible uh, SCI records. There's a, the one I'm thinking. Uh, there's I like an airplane park behind it on the picture. It caribou's on it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's posted on July 8th, but sorry, I'm scrolling the page while you're talking. Yeah. I think it's, there's a lady. Oh, nope, that one. That that one's a different one, but yeah, that was a heck of a caribou killed in the area that uh, that we're booking some of those hunts into. Um, yeah, that was a that was a hell of a bull. Nice. Oh, I <laughs> and see then what you're uh, I've also got New Zealand available through there. Um, the guy does uh, trophy stags full time. It's uh, it's his passion. He's one of the best in the business. He's also got link ups for the Himalayan tar and chamois that we can work on setting up hunts for that. Um, I've what's a red stag? What's like a trophy red stag hunt run? Or, um, the uh, the, the priceless I've received, uh, I believe it was sixty five hundred for a three thirty stag. Well, what if you want like a four hundred inch bull? <laughs> that um, add a couple hundred bucks. To, call it a I'd day. Have to find my priceless. Well, <laughs> I'd have to find my priceless. Well, if one. if you guys are interested, just. Check out Tailored Hunts, and absolutely, yeah, cool, absolutely. You have any uh, mid mid Asia hunts? Some I'm in con- in contact with some people trying to uh, trying to flesh them out. Um, I'm always a little scared of going to those mid Asian countries. I've I've heard lots of nightmare stories from uh, from guys over there. You know, everybody can claim to be an outfitter in Pakistan, but who's an actual outfitter in Pakistan? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm we're in the process of fleshing out and trying to sort through some of the uh, the false accounts and the false guys to make sure I'm only connecting with real, honest outfitters like myself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So your dad used to run it, and then he passed it down to his son you to run it and carry the legacy on absolutely what is your dad? i don't know if it's much of a legacy i'm sure trying your dad has like a he has this reputation of like magic doesn't he magic like i don't know he just seems to get the deal done yeah yeah he uh he, he definitely knows how to how to get uh, how to get what he wants, and he he works harder than uh, just about anybody I know. So what is he up to now? 
Well, do we really want to divest into politics on a hunting podcast? You don't have to really say. Really, where we want to go with it? You don't have. We don't have to talk about <laughs> politics. You can just say what he's doing. You can just say he's well, running uh, for the governorship there in Alberta, right? Yep, that's that's it in a nutshell. He's running for the running for governor in Alberta. That's kind of a big deal. So that's uh, pretty exciting for you and your family. Yeah, we're uh, we're hoping that uh, win or lose, he at least uh, at least gets to make and affect some positive change inside government. It's uh, you know. Governments can always be known as a swamp and a nasty place to be, but uh, there's always a good politician in the ranks, and hopefully he can be one that can, uh, if he doesn't spearhead the change, he can definitely push it, uh, you know, be not far from the tip. To be honest, I don't know what you're, where you stand politi- politically, but I know that you and your family are good people. So your dad's a yeah. good person. Well, he stands for good things. So... And he well, has a great just, to, rip. just to save, save all the headache, we we are conservative. <laughs> well, he's he's got a great reputation amongst the community because you're you and your family have hunting rights on a lot of ag fields, and that's not an easy task to go about. Yeah, it. Uh, he's definitely built a not just his political reputation, but his uh, his outfitting reputation was built off honesty, hard work, and integrity. And I, I like to think he's beat that into me, whether I was ready for it or not. I like to think that I, uh, I was able to learn it and become pretty efficient as being just as honest and uh, working just as hard as him. Well, explain to someone, let's say, let's say me and Cody want to go start up an outfitter there in Alberta next door to you. We want to start, you know, doing some guided deer, elk, moose hunts. How difficult would it be for someone to do that? It'd be a lot easier if you just booked your hunt with me, Brock. I know. (laughs) What I'm trying to explain to people is how difficult it is because it's what you guys have is uh, someone can't just go open the door down the street. No, it's, uh, you know, purchasing and, uh, and building allocations, uh, purchasing them from other outfitters and from the government and stuff is uh, is a tall order. Um, you know, we, we have a lodge set up. We, my parents built the lodge back in the early 90s. And for a while there, they even lived in it with all the hunters just to, uh, you know, just trying to make ends meet as they were trying to grow and establish the business and get going. Um, right there. You know, and you, you just... got to make sure that it's covered... You just uh, mentioned something I want to hit on real quick is that your parents sacrificed, you know, they lived in the same house as their, you know, they lived in the lodge to save money to make ends meet, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's always something like that in every successful story. Someone sacrificed along the way for others, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty neat. So explain the Mm -hmm. allocating the tags because that's really what you know that's why it's so valuable your business is because of the tags you guys have see like where we're from yeah um an outfitter can open up and you just buy your tags over the counter or you get drawn but there Mm -hmm. your business actually owns the tags yeah 
So, well, we, we own it in a nutshell. There's uh, there's a lot of conversations on how it goes that we, in a way, we kind of lease the tags from the government, which gives them the right for them to take us, take them away from us. But when the government does take away, they do open up another opportunity. Um, and, you know, we got to pay our yearly renewals and stuff to, uh, to make sure we get to use those allocations and tags again. But once they're purchased, it's not like, it's not like somebody can go to the government and say, you know, I'll give you $30,000 for this allocation if you pull it away from this guy. That's, that's not how it works. You have to come to the other outfitter and strike up a deal. There is no, you know, backroom deals of being able to overpay the government to remove tags and so on and so forth from outfitters. You know, Dad's been uh, buying buying them up since the early 90s, late two, you know, early 90s, mid-90s, and even in the 2000s, he was purchasing more and more and growing the company. And from there, yeah, the, and the tags, when you book a hunt in Alberta, at least with me, I guarantee them because I can't oversell or undersell hunts. Well, I can undersell them, but I can't oversell them. Every tag is guaranteed. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't know if it works like yeah. here. No, <laughs> no, that that is a very unique scenario because you know even on the on the my Yukon hunt last year, what I learned was you know these these guys they own uh, concessions, right? Like they own a huge swath of land and they get all the tags allocated for that land. And it's just so unique because it just doesn't happen here. Nobody owns anything Mm -hmm. here. They just, the only thing you own is your knowledge and your ability to hunt and, you know, your contacts really You don't have any right to any tags. Matter of fact, you could have a thousand clients put in for, hunts and not get a single one of them to draw you know so it's a it's 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 hard for guys here because every year is a new thing they're hustling every year there's no guarantees ever but that's a that's pretty cool i like it it gives a great opportunity for you guys to you know support the local economy and you know bring them keep the money there and and valley view absolutely it's uh it definitely helps a lot and it makes a huge difference to the local economy. You know, we buy all of our groceries in town. Um, you know, if, if a guys are, you know, because we don't include alcohol in our, in our hunts, guys are looking to go to town for beer. Well, beer's five minutes away. Let's go for a drive. And then it gets guys into town and they kind of get to see what, uh, what a small town in Northern Alberta looks like because, you know, like you said in Gilbert, you guys are the uh, biggest town in the world, or biggest small small city, or what are you? It's called Town of Gilbert. It has over a million town of people. Gilbert with over, uh, over a million people. Yeah, and we are you know we are the town of Valley View with uh, two thousand people living in town and another three thousand people living in farms surrounding it. Yep. There's not a stoplight, right? Nope. No you, we have four four-way stops in the whole town, and I think it's getting out of control with the stop signs. <laughs> dude, I could count. There's 16 stop signs in this town. Oh, dude, I could count how many stop signs there are just in the neighborhood. There's probably 30. It's just in my neighborhood next to me, man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, the whole town has four four-way stops. That's it. Yeah. Does Amazon and deliver the next, to and your the next door? Three-way stop. Does the does the uh, Amazon guy come to your house? What's Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They don't deliver to the house out here. <laughs> that Do, that uh, that privilege does not exist. Yeah, that's. I don't know what my wife would do if a uh, Amazon guy couldn't come by. Maybe I might have. Well, she'd have to ask the Amazon guy to bring the moose over, I guess. Yeah, I mean, could he deliver a giant moose? Because I would <laughs> like that. For the... No, but he might be able to ride the moose over. Yeah, that's true. Huh? <laughs> well, <clears throat> thanks for coming on today, Taylor. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. No problem. Giving us a little tour of your life. No any, problem, any, guys. I'm glad to be a part of it. Anytime I can have you bag on Brock running from a grizzly, we'll listen to it. Yeah. You got any hunts this afternoon? Oh. Uh, no, Nothing I don't today? have uh, I don't have a client in camp other than uh, Dudley with knock-on there, and he's got his guides up there. But my, uh, my next hunters arrived in... Less than 24 hours, so I'll be going hunting tomorrow night. Yeah, what are you guys hunting for? Jealous. Elk? Archery elk. Well, so this is a good view of, like, uh, what he has to offer. What has Dud been able to hunt so far in a week? It's been less than a week, really, right? Yeah. So Dudley has, well, he put every tag he could in his pocket other than bear. So he's had a moose tag, a mule deer tag, a white tail, and an elk tag. And he's already taken down a moose and a mule deer. Um, a mule, he's a mule deer uh, was he's had cool. an opportunity at an elk. Yeah. yeah. He had an opportunity at an elk. And uh, then uh, one, of his, uh, one of his guides has, well, he runs two guides, but only one was guiding because the other one had an elk tag in his pocket. So this other guy filled an elk tag uh, just yesterday, and uh, next up is Dudley's elk, and then his white tail, and then uh, if he fills those out before he leaves, he can get a bear tag too. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a fun opportunity hunt where I don't know of any other hunt where you're like, hey, uh, there's an animal here. I'm pretty sure we can hunt it. You know, like no matter what yeah, the species, well, you probably got a tag for it. Yeah, we, you know, since my dad has purchased all those allocations over the years, we have a lot of tags, and since we don't fill them all every year, you know, we have the opportunity to, you know, if we drive down the road and see something we want to shoot, we just uh, get back to the lodge and print off the license and go back out there and <laughs> yeah. try and kill them. That's happened. Yep, we yep. saw a mule there we wanted to chase, so what did we do? We went and printed one off, and then we went and chased it. Went and printed off the license, and then we were we were hot on his tail, and we were, we were what well, we were hunting them in about uh, ten minutes after the license was printed. Yep. Yeah, so, we had a pretty cool stock on that deer, huh? Was, oh, was that, how was uh, it? it from, been a dream come true. How was it from your point of view that stock? <laughs> well, at first I thought, man, he looks like he could be really far away. But I was also 400 yards away from the, from you, 
and I was almost 500 from the uh, from the deer, but I wasn't, you know, making a perfect right angle triangle to really judge how far away you were. When I when I thought you were when you were shooting was you were probably within. I figured you were probably close to 60 yards, but then uh, you told me you were at 30. 30 yards. So, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely cool. I, I wish I would have had a, a little better perspective on how close you really were because if, if I'd have known how close you were, I probably would have been uh, really, really, really pumped up and uh, excited about what, what could transpire as you stood up. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I uh, am still thinking about that shot today. Maybe the 60 versus 30 yard, like, is is why he jumped the string. Like, because I was so close? <laughs> no. Kidding, maybe, maybe I maybe was. Maybe you were really 60 yards away. And I I hit, like, 30 yards in you front of him. You hit 30 yards. I would have believed that, but he pulled up the video. So, when I shot at this deer, I was aiming lower on him. I had all these thoughts in my head, like, um... He's 31 yards. He was like right at 30, right at 30. So I was like, I'm just going to aim like towards the bottom of him. And if he jumps the string, then, you know, I'm already aiming a little bit lower. And right when I shot, I heard like a, a like a twig. And I'm starting to wonder if, because I, I was aiming really low. I'm wondering if the twig deflected it up just a touch, just barely. Because it, in the picture that, the video Taylor has, if you line it up where the arrow was and where the deer were, it was mid-body, and then it went over his back. He, he dropped low. Like, when I, when I grabbed that, when I grabbed that uh, still frame of it there, that arrow is barely at his spine when, when we can actually see it for that brief second. Yeah. And then... He goes even lower than that. He yeah. was he jumped right underneath it. It was it was something else. Yeah, he uh, his belly hit the ground. And, and, and all honestly, it had to have because I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine even myself scooping that low without dragging my belly on the ground. <laughs> it almost makes me think that this deer has been shot at before. And it's like, I've seen deer hide their horns, you know, like, cause they don't want people to see their horns. And I'm wondering if this deer, he saw the bow and he knew exactly what he had to do. <laughs> he's like, here this we go. That dude wasn't hiding his horns anywhere. No, he's like, this guy's like, oh, I'm in this crappy situation again. Um, I, I, when I hear that click, then I'm hitting the ground. <laughs> you know what, Brock? That that's not what happened. I just shot over it. I mean, I, I don't think you went through all that. I know. Like I, it was crazy though. Like, because it's not like he just jumped and ran away. Mm -hmm. He like, like literally hit the floor, like dumped his body. Yeah. He's a ninja. He is a ninja. Three hundred shot He's like a three hundred and twenty-five pound ninja. Yeah. That guy was <laughs> fat too, man. And like when he was you saw that Chris Farley movie, right? When he was bounding away, he's a ninja. And I saw him just perfectly, just bounding, no injuries. 
<laughs> I'm like, what just happened? This guy has a giant gut on him <laughs> from eating all those <laughs> beans and flowers. He just, he, all he, that deer does is sit in the field and eat all day. And he sits at the bottom of the hill, so you can't sneak up to him at, from the top of the hill. Yeah, he's smart. And then he beds down with his butt in the brush, so that way you can only get to him from very particular angles. He was uh, he was well-educated, to say the least. Well, I'm excited for Cody to come up next year. As, and is, as is Cody. What's that? As is Cody. I'm excited because I'm actually excited for myself, too, because... The country, the, that was the closest I've ever gotten to a mule deer on a stock. And I'm like, dude, I could do that again. Like, and I learned, like, I, after I missed, John kind of told me, like, hey, man, you should have ripped it back when you saw his butt go in the air. You should have just hammered it back all the way. And if you pull it back when his butt lifts up in the air, when he brings his head up, you'll already be full draw, and he won't even notice you. But like if yeah. if I wait for the head to come up and I'm pulling back, he's gonna notice me come back. So he's like, once you see that butt go in there, you just rip as hard as you can back, get back, and then that'll give you a little bit of time to settle in and anchor one right in the spot. All I needed was like a half second more to kill him, just a half second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reaction time. Like, <laughs> Pretty pretty good, huh? Dude, that's better than like a... I need to see this video. We need, get, we need this video set. I, I just sent it to you, Brock. Okay. It actually should be sitting on your phone right now. We'll, oh, look at Here it is. All right. We're going to look at this. We're going to get off here. And we're going to look at this. Frame by frame at 21 seconds. You can see the arrow and everything. I love that he knows the time frame. <laughs> yeah, love it. All right, man. Well... Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you later, all right? No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks, Taylor. You bet you guys. Bye-bye. Later, bud. Well, guys, that was Taylor Lowen with Red Willow Outfitters and Tailored Hunts, so... If you, if any of this stuff interested you, bear hunt or elk hunt, mule deer hunt, moose hunt, he's very reasonably priced for what you get. And I actually think he's like probably on the cheaper side of things in general. Like the mule deer hunts, very inexpensive. The, the moose hunts, very inexpensive for what you're getting. It's the cheapest I've seen, but the quality is there too. I mean, we chase some really good quality bucks that anyone would be happy with and they they got potential for big moose so hit him up he's a really good guy he'll take care of you but cody what do you think yeah i can't wait to meet him go up there like i you know haven't been up there i've seen pictures of what you guys are shooting and well taylor's hunting taylor's fun he's goofy he yeah. makes you laugh i think it'd be a good time yeah yeah he's a good kid works hard he works hard he was so worried about me getting an opportunity. He wanted to just drive, drive, drive. Like, just, he wanted to hunt and hunt. And I was like, you know, the bears aren't here. No big deal. It's not your fault. You know, but he wasn't taking, like, no for an answer. He just wanted to, even when I missed that buck, 
we hunted to the very last moment before I had to leave. Like, we hunted that morning looking for that buck, trying to find that buck, trying to find him. And literally, I had to say, hey, dude, I got to go back and finish packing. <laughs> I got to leave, bud. Well, that's all you could ask for in a guide, you know what I mean? Somebody that's willing to work as hard as you are. So No, and if if you got the desire, he has the will, he'll do it. So Good deal. Well, you got anything fun coming up, Cody? <sighs> Just kid stuff, yeah. I mean, get to watch my daughter play again this weekend, and we'll head to Colorado next week to watch her for a day, and then son starts football next week. and Well, that's football season, man. Yeah. You got to love it, right? Yeah, looking forward to it, high school football. So, Man, that brings up a lot that. of memories, huh? Yeah, not many for me, but. <laughs> a lot of memories for me. It's fun. Like, I'm, I'm looking real forward to watching it. So, it's it's been uh, it's been a good time. But hopefully, I think we're going to try and get out next Thursday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The season closes. Yes. Dove season open today. Dove season? I don't. Dove season open today. So, here. If, well. September 1st. Yeah. And then uh, I think deer closes the 8th or the 9th, something like that. Probably closes Thursday. It's always the Thursday. I think it's 8th. And then the the elk hunt starts that Friday, right? Yeah, I think it starts on the 9th. Yeah. Right? And it goes three weeks, two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. 9th to the 23rd or something? Or 9th to the 22nd, somewhere in there? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So hoping to get out at least one day during uh, over-the-counter deer and then... I don't know. Want to find? I'm still trying to find an elk hunt somewhere. And then uh, November, first week in November, we're going on mule deer hunt, elk hunt. I don't know. One of the two. One. Someone's hunting elk. Someone's hunting deer here. Doesn't we matter. haven't decided which one it was yet. We're gonna have a lot of good food when we get done. Yeah, we're definitely That's gonna be know about. jerky, roast, steaks. Oh, yeah. All. I can't wait. All healthy. It's good because my freezer is about empty. Perfect. Well, thanks, y'all, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. Appreciate you following us. Hit us up on Instagram. Give us a review. Positive, hopefully. If you don't like my voice, I'm sorry. Can't change the voice. We can change how we what we talk about. Yeah. If you guys have a, any requests, hit us up. Let us know. Yes, sir. See ya. See you guys.